a bunch of crazy stories written by the Brothers Grimm. And now you're gonna learn all about them, listening to the Brothers Grimm. Students and scholars, friends and relations, welcome to the Brothers Dim podcast, where we discuss the outstanding collection of stories collected and written down by the Brothers Grimm in the early 1800s in Germany, including this week's story, story number 34, Clever Elsie. My name is Phil. And my name is Mike. Mike, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. I had a realization this morning. Okay. Three years sober today. Well, congratulations. Which is kind of funny for a story about beer. <laughs> no, well, that's that's part of the story. True. It stops being about beer pretty quick. And how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. It's busy season at work. And while I'm not a tax accountant, I still get pulled in on the investigation forensic accountant work side, which means that I worked all last weekend and then I worked some nights this week. And so I'm tired. But what's nice is that they're switching servers or some nonsense at work tomorrow, which means I get the day off effectively. That's not nice for the text, though. But they gave him, I think, an extra day. They said, we need three days to do this. It's not going to, we can't do it in two. So I get the day off. So I'm heading into New York City to go get my Nintendo Switch from uh, the Grand Central Station Lost and Found. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I was very surprised. They called me back when I, I put my, when I lost my Switch. I don't know if we talked about this on this. I don't think so. No. Okay. So yeah, right before Christmas, I was coming home on the Metro North and my new backpack, the Nintendo's fell right out of it, slid right out as I was leaving the train. I didn't notice, but I went to the website and I put in a lost item claim. They called me back, you know, right after Christmas. Last Uh, time I was in New York, I left my favorite hat on a seat in a theater. It it wasn't even a big theater. And I went back an hour later and it was nowhere to be found. Not at the lost and found and they never called me. <laughs> well, that's at a theater though. I would you expect know. the theater to be easier to deal with than the Metro North. Oh, well, maybe. Fair enough. But what theater, know. what theater was it? What were you saying? Oh God, I don't remember. It was, um, it was the play that goes wrong. It was some, uh, it was some sort of like avant-garde theater complex that had like, it, it was running a bunch of different shows. They had like different, different theaters in the building. Oh, oh sure. Sort of yeah. Smaller size. Yeah. Smaller size. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm new to this whole uh fancy, fancy things. Well, anyways, off I go to New York City tomorrow, but I do have concerns. And what are those? My concern is when I come back home, the door might be locked. My delightful wife will not let me back in. Instead, telling me that her husband's already inside, which will leave me outside confused about my own identity. And I have not been confused about my own identity since high school due to college being a very eye-opening and liberating time for everyone, but especially those of us in in the Western Massachusetts goth scene. (laughs) (laughs) It was liberating. But that has nothing to do, or does it, with today's story, story number 34, Clever Elsie. I didn't even get to a line. That title made me chortle a bit, and I thought, this girl ain't going to be clever. (laughs) I had a grandmother named Elsie. I think she was a little more clever than this one. (laughs) This girl's not... I think, yeah, well, we'll 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 get into it. But okay, anyways, Mike, if you please, would you take us through the plot of story number 34, Clever Elsie? It would be my pleasure. So there's a man who has a daughter, and she's called Clever Elsie. No particular reason is given for this. Uh, her, her parents just think that she's clever. 
<laughs> when she comes of age, they want to marry her off, as you know, as did all parents at that point. Still do. Yeah. Well, yeah. To some, yeah, to some degree, yeah. Or at yeah, least get, I mean, uh, get out of my basement. Yeah, stop, you know, leave the house, go get married. Yeah. yeah. Uh, along comes this nice guy named Hans. He wants to marry her, but only if she truly is clever. <laughs> and the parents say, oh, no, she's she's very clever. She's super clever. Yeah. <laughs> Toad's clever, my bro. Uh, he stays for dinner. Um, and then afterwards, as they're, uh, you know, milling about, the father sends Elsie to the basement for a pitcher of beer. So she goes off, and while, while she's filling it, she's looking around, and she notices a pickaxe mounted on the wall over the barrel, and suddenly becomes very afraid that one day she and Hans will have a beautiful child, and when that child is old enough, they will send that child downstairs to fetch a pitcher of beer, and that pickaxe will fall and split the child's head open, and they won't have a child anymore, and it is tragedy. And this is such a big concern that she falls apart, wailing and screaming <laughs> and crying, after some time, the father sends the servant down to figure out what's going on. Why is, why is Elsie taking so long? Elsie tells her, one day I might have a child with Hans, and that pickaxe might fall while my child is drawing a pitcher of beer and split the child's head open and tragedy. And the, the servant says, oh, Elsie is so clever and also falls apart. <laughs> you can probably see where this is going another chain tale to some degree the boy is sent he is told the story he also breaks down weeping and wailing the mother is sent same story uh weeping and wailing finally the father goes down also is told the story also begins weeping and wailing so you've got the five of them in the basement weeping and wailing over how elsie and hans's future child might die in a freak accident finally hans is sitting up there in the dining room wondering quite where everybody is he figures they're probably waiting for him downstairs so he goes down to see what's going on He's told the story. He doesn't break down weeping and wailing, but he does realize just how clever Elsie is. Decides to marry her on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> Happily ever after. But uh, sometime later, they're living together. Uh, one day, Hans says he's going to go to work. And while he's gone, Elsie should go out and harvest the corn so they can make some bread. So he, he, uh, he, he ships off. Elsie, you know, she's going through her whole thought process. She thinks, oh, you know, I'm going to make myself some broth to take it to the field for lunch. She does that. She gets out there and she tries to, she says, should I work first or should I have my broth first? She says, I'll have my broth first. So she drinks the broth and she is satisfied and happy. Then she says, should I, should I work first or should I take a nap first? And she figures taking a nap would be a pretty good idea. So she falls asleep in the corn. Yeah. I feel it's a prudent way to work. And uh, I think that she had the right idea. Yeah. Yeah. Except Hans comes home uh, and finds that she's not <laughs> home and thinks that she must be so industrious because she hasn't even taken a break for supper and has just been working all day out there harvesting the corn. Clever. It gets later and later. He's starting to wonder. Uh, he goes out and finds her. She's still asleep in the corn, just all snuggled up. Uh, there's no corn harvested at all. He <laughs> he figures out pretty quick that, that, that nothing has been done all day and maybe she's not quite as clever as he had thought. Um, so he he nips off back home and grabs a fowler's net which is, it took me a while to look this up. It's basically a net that you catch birds in. Okay. Fowl. Fowler. Yeah, yeah. One, okay. who, one who catches wild birds. That makes sense. So I'm, I'm picturing it's some sort of like, you know, some cross between, uh, you know, almost like a fishing net kind of thing. Um, he drapes this net over and around her um, and attaches a whole bunch of little bells. And then he just goes right back home and locks the door. <laughs> it's, it's, it's now after dark. Elsie finally wakes up all refreshed stands up and is startled by all the bells surrounding her and attached to her and is very out of sorts, very disoriented. And she comes to the conclusion that she is not sure if she is herself. A bit of an identity crisis, as you said. 
So she says, you know what? I'm going to go home and I'm going to ask if I am me. So she goes on home and finds the door locked. She knocks on the window and asks if Elsie's inside. And Hans replies, yes. And at this, Elsie just loses her mind. Oh my God. (laughs) Elsie is home. I'm not me. She runs to the neighbor's house. They are freaked out by this, some sort of specter covered in bells screaming. And so they, they they don't open the door. They don't even answer. She runs out of town and is never seen again. The end. Well. Yeah. My initial thoughts were confirmed. <laughs> what were they? She was not that clever. <laughs> not kind of an idiot. We, we can get into some stuff. Before, uh, before we go too far, though, uh, do you have a moral for the story? This is a tough one. I, I, I don't know. Don't get carried away with ridiculous thoughts of the future. But that doesn't even solve the, the corn and bells and identity crisis problem. I mean, so, yeah, what do, you, what do you got? And that one goes away quick. So, well, the two I had, okay, one, if you finally had it, you're sick of your partner's <laughs> shit, <laughs> just just lock the door and gaslight them a bit and and things are going to work out and yeah. maybe, maybe they'll just leave. And that works for kids. It works for neighbors. <laughs> your neighbors are sick of your shit too. Um, I assume she was quite hot. Hans came down. And he's like, yeah, she's this, this ball of tears in the basement. this is the one no matter how hard you are someone out there is sick of dealing with your shit so (laughs) and this is again this goes this is hans's fault his first half of the story is like the chain story right which by the way never resolved that axe was in the wall yep i thought nobody drowned yeah i thought for sure that axe was going to kill her their kid right but no we never hear about it again after they get married not only that but like it's it's not like she was inheriting the house upon marriage and we're it, like her vision was that they were going to be raising their kids in that house. I don't know yeah. where she got that idea because she was being sent off to Hans's little hovel. Oh, she could, the, I mean, a kid, kid could go to grandpa's house, but like, why not just remove the ax from the wall? There, there is that too. There you is know, that. But instead, like that first half of the story is her and her family all just take turns they like, seeing each other weeping and then just add to the weeping pile. They're acting like they've been drinking from lead goblets for years. <laughs> Hans got invited over to dinner. They're like, meet our daughter. Goes down to the basement after everyone disappears and they're all just crying in a pile. <laughs> talking a about like me. <laughs> talking about talking about there's an axe up there on the wall. Their wall. Like <laughs> there's an axe up there on the wall and that axe is going to be the death of our child. And he's like, yeah. I found my people. I've, <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> this this is going to work out fine. I bet. I think that I'll be able to change her. You ever did you ever date someone and? Oh, oh God, are we doing you, tales of teenage dirtbaggery? Yeah, I don't know if we have to get that deep. But you ever date okay. someone and then you meet their parents, <laughs> and then it kind of like it it kind of clicks like why they are a certain way they are. To an extent, I. A lot of I I got on well with parents. Oh, I typically did too. But, but occasionally you come across parents who clearly never said "fucking stop it." This is ridiculous. No, you, I don't get know your that, shit together. I don't think no. I ever have. I, I hmm. anyone that I would have loved to have seen what their parents had to say, <laughs> it didn't last super long. And then the people whose parents I did meet, like I liked their, I often liked their parents more than I liked them. Yeah, I've I've been there before. Too. And I was like, where did it all go wrong? <laughs> Why is your daughter so <laughs> fucking mean to me all the time? But I digress. I dig. I think Hans believed that she was hot. I do wonder 
So okay. when, when Hans goes downstairs and has the whole situation explained to him by the five people crying in a puddle, <laughs> uh, he says, come, more understanding than that is not needed for my household, as you are such a clever Elsie, I will have you. And he seized her hand, took her upstairs with him, and married her. Yeah. I did wonder if this was even a hint of sarcasm, which I don't think we've really gotten in Grimm's. But he married her. Right. As you said, it's probably because yeah. she's hot. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could say, oh, I see what you're saying. It's like, I, I guess, I guess my question is why would he look at this and go, oh yeah, no, she's, she's really smart. <laughs> so clever. Like a rat. This, this one rolled oh, wisdom really high. Like Templeton the rat. The, um, what is that from? Templeton? That was from yeah. Charlotte's Web. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. ATU type 1450. This is the only one of its type that what? I was able to find, certainly with my limited ass access to the index, because I only have what I can find online and I don't have the $600 set of books. Sponsored by. <laughs> I could not find fucking anything on this story. Yes. Yeah. I I feel like we have, we might have a run of these coming up where they're very succinct and there's just nothing going on historically. And they're not particularly dense. I've never heard of Clever Elsie. Not yeah, once. And I've heard of some of the other even kind of more obscure things. I mean, obviously, we've heard, everyone's heard of Cinderella and Little Red Riding and any of the Disney princesses or whatever. I don't remember anything from this story even popping up in other stuff. Maybe she needs to be a Disney princess. <laughs> that, that would be a funny cries one. all the time. <laughs> she, she, it, it ends with her running off into the night covered in bells screaming hysterically. Yeah. Adam, do you, do you have any other notes or questions? This might be a short... Yeah, no, I, I don't. There's okay. there, there's really nothing going on. This this one was, it was whack-ass enough to, I got halfway through and then I decided I was just going to read it out loud to my kid. Uh, <laughs> and they, they, they found it just as weird as I did. Yeah. There's nothing going on. No, nothing. Besides speculation and insanity. Well, that brings us at least then to my, my, my pitch, if, if you will. Ooh. If you want to hear it. Yes. No, I do. Okay. This is a work in progress. Which I mean, I say that we're, I'm never going to come. Well, no, I shouldn't say I'm never going to come back to this book. I really wish there was still a Twilight Zone or horror equivalent show out there. I guess you could you could do this as a movie, but uh, Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt would work. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, something like that. I wish that was still around. Yeah, like I mean, there's show. there's horror anth- anthology shows like uh, American Horror Story or yeah, but that's Flanders. like a, but it's that's, yeah, it's like a, a whole season. That's a whole season. So yeah. the, like, Tales from the Crypt was good because it was like a, you know one one episode per story at thirty minutes, right? Just pack it in, yeah. I don't think it was even an hour. So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, American Horror Story. I couldn't. I don't want fucking ten hours of this fucking. <laughs> well, first first season was fantastic. I'm I'm not saying that it wasn't, but I digress. The first season was ten hours of a story, though, right? True. Right, uh, I'm saying something like that. Yeah, this story does not warrant ten hours. No, woman named Elsie, who's always had psychological problems, been on and off medications her whole life, uh, schizophrenic. She sees apparitions. She thinks she can see the future, but she's quite fair of face, <laughs> very comely. Marries a guy and has a kid. Does she live in the valley? She <laughs> <laughs> indeed she does. Pardon the interruption. <laughs> One day she goes to work, passes out. She wakes up in a hospital. So more like a psych ward, not like, you know, like a medical hospital, I guess. Right. She's in strange clothes. You can keep the bells on if you want. She asks to leave. She says, I, I have to go back to my husband. They don't want her to, but they can't legally keep her there. Time has passed, but she doesn't know how much. So she heads home. The door is locked and her husband won't let her in. 
she's like, let me, you know, let me, let me. And she's like, go home, Ruby. I don't want to call the cops, but you're not supposed to be anywhere near me. You're not supposed to be 50 feet from this house. She's like, Ruby, who's Ruby? You know, she looks in the window. She sees her husband and her kid and another woman dressed in all of her clothes. And so the rest of the movie, whatever this is, her trying to figure out who this woman is who replaced her, who Ruby is. And no one will answer her questions. Like she goes to the neighbors. They don't want to fucking talk to her. And then if we want to keep to the grim story, uh, then yes, she was Elsie. The other woman was Ruby and they switched Mm -hmm. identities when Elsie first went to the hospital for taxes or because Elsie's (laughs) father was rich. I don't know. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. I like it. Call Elsie's father was rich. And so they wanted the money and not to deal with her schizophrenia and and everything. Cause it's very difficult. Yeah. Or she was just mentally ill and had formed an obsession with this, this other pair. So you could drag it out. But I mm. think, I think 90 minutes could, would be the top I could probably do. Yeah. With it. I think, I think you really could get away with like a 30 minute horror. Oh yeah. This is, this is totally a tales from the crypt kind of thing. Yeah. Or, or twilight zone. I mean, I, I, I was more of a tales from the crypt kid. So that's why I keep coming back to that. But yeah, I I think it would be the right tone in that style to to, to she at the end she she decides that she is crazy and she did make it all up and she goes back to the hospital and commits herself and then after that or after she dies tragically or something we find out that it was a setup you know she she was bamboozled or or whatever sure you know, there was a vast conspiracy to to trick her and it worked because she was schizophrenic yeah right. Yeah. No, I like that. I thought I was, I was trying, I was like, I, you know, I start some of these pictures. I start with just, all right, what do we, what do we have? What specifically is already there? Yeah. And, uh, that was, yeah, that was the first thing I thought of, but I like, I, I'm glad that you like it. Maybe when she wakes up in the hospital the first time she's okay. connected to machines or things. So like when she like comes to there's beeping and bell like sounds, oh. just a, sort of a little throwback to the story. All right. Yeah, she not, doesn't have to be wearing weird clothes. Oh no, 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 no! No, it works. Like uh, maybe she's had been having dreams where it's bells, and then when she wakes up, that's Ooh. it's the yeah the beats yeah, like, of like, them. Like swirly, faint dream sequences, little snippets and snatches. I mean, yeah. that's how you if you want to get it up to ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just go full uh, requiem for a dream. Requiem for a dream. Have paint it black by the Rolling Stones playing in the background of one mm. of the scenes where all the paint on the walls turns black. <gasps> Is it in my mind? <laughs> we don't know, Elsie. Or is it Ruby? <gasps> no, I that like is, that one. That's good. Okay. Um, that's all I have. Yeah, same here. Okay. Short and sweet. Well, then, yeah. Let, it was, <laughs> we did pretty good, I think, for, what is this, a one-pager? Yeah, it's about that. Yeah, you know, page and a half tops. I think we can call it. This has been Grimm's story number 34, Clever Elsie. Sleep tight, and we will see you next time. See you next time.